Welcome to Drinks and a Show. My name's Cassie and this is a podcast where I discuss the plot of a musical. I will be discussing it with a guest who has not seen it and hopefully after I've gone through it all and they know exactly everything that happens, they're like, whoa, I really like musicals now. Wow, thanks. Heaps, Cass. Can't wait till everything opens up back again and I can go see them all the time and with you. Haha. Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at DrinkShowPod is that handle. Today's episode is about the musical Beetlejuice and I'll be discussing it with Emily. Let's hope she does really like it. And as always, everyone, spoilers ahead. Hi, Em. Hi, Cass. <laughs> Thank you for joining <laughs> me today. How's it hanging? Um, I'm pretty in the middle, actually. Yeah, I think, you know. Oh, answering honestly, <laughs> I see. Yeah, no, I just uh, back at back at work now. Retail's back after COVID, so just been getting back into it. Yeah, so that's why you're a bit in between. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. What are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking some Gordon's Pink Gin and uh, Igram. I don't know what flavor it is. I don't know. I think there's like two different types of agrams, but I don't know. It's like the berry one or something. It's delicious in case you've never tried it. Yeah, what about you? What are you drinking? I'm having some gin and Pepsi Max, the classic duo. Oh, wait, which gin is it? Um, Vickers. Oh, so I've actually discovered that Gordon's Pink Gin and Pepsi Max together is delicious. I don't know if I've told you, but. Yes. Yeah, it tastes like a raspberry lolly, I reckon, or something like that. It's like so yum. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Pepsi Max just got like this taste to it or I reckon I can put it with any alcohol and it's just nice. Yeah, I agree. Only three kilojoules. Much better than uh, Coke Zero. Sorry to anyone out there oh, yeah. listening that uh, the first Coke Zero, you are wrong. <laughs> oh, there goes my sponsorship with Coke Zero. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Just kidding. But if they are open to it, I'm happy to edit this out. And <laughs> All right. Um, so give us an insight into what your feels are about musicals. Um, I I think I don't mind watching them, but um, after meeting you, I've realised that there are so many that exist that I had no idea. Like I didn't know that this thing was so big. I think I just would watch the yeah. popular ones and not really realise that there's so many. Would you go to any that, like, come to Melbourne? Like the live shows? Yeah. Mm, probably not. <laughs> I can appreciate how good they might be, but I, it's, yeah, no. <laughs> Have you been to any? Um, no, I don't think so. I think the only, like, live show I've ever been to is The, the Lion King. Does that count? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I saw that when I was like a kid, so it was a very long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you like it? Uh, from what I remember, I thought it was cool. Do you have a favourite musical at all? Uh, high School Musical. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have like a problem with musicals. It's not like you hate them or anything like that. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I'm just in- indifferent to them probably. Today's musical is Beetlejuice and you said you have seen the movie? Yeah, but uh, 
quite a long time ago, so I'm not. I don't really remember what it was about. Yeah, I rewatched the movie last night, and it is so different to the musical. <laughs> I'm like, it's just crazy how they're like, oh, sure, this will be our source material, but let's just change a whole bunch of it. Oh, I don't, I don't think I even realized that there was like a Beetlejuice musical. This is how uneducated I am. Here I am just thinking yep, yep. it's the movie. <laughs> uh, don't worry, Beetlejuice has only been around for a couple of years, so it's not like a Phantom or a Grease or anything like oh, that. Oh, the musical? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say because Be- Beetlejuice is like an old movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the movie came out in 1988. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a while ago. So obviously a Tim Burton film. Mm-hmm. I say obviously because I assume people, just everyone knows that. <laughs> so in the musical, the music and lyrics were written by Australian actor, musician Eddie Perfect. Um, yep. I don't know if you watched Offspring. I know I didn't, but yeah. he played Mick in Offspring. I'm pretty sure he, so where I went to high school, this was like so long, so long ago. It must have been uh like 12 years ago but Foxtel did like this ultimate school musical thing like in Melbourne yeah and it was meant to be like a funny I don't know if you saw it it's like a funny reality show I can't remember what it was about but like I just remember like they picked between two schools and they picked my school I'm pretty sure like Eddie Perfect was involved with it and like Ruby Rose and like Anthony Kalia it was so long ago. I don't even remember what it properly was, and I didn't have Fox. Like I didn't have Foxtel growing up as a kid, so I don't think I ever watched it. But I just like yeah. to tell people that fact about my uh, <laughs> about my school. Well, I like that you know who he is. Yeah, no, no, no I definitely, I definitely know who he is. But I'm pretty sure he was involved in that. But I also can't remember. So. <laughs> Well, of his um, work that he's done, I've got here Kath and Kim, Spigs and Specs, Stingers, and Australian classic Blue Healers. Oh. So he's done like stage and music. Um, the musical Nine to Five, which was meant to be out this year, he was meant to be starring in that as well. Okay. He's also besties with Tim Minchin. Yes, I do know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> a, guy, a guy that sings the funny piano songs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But our boy, Eddie Perfect, also did wrote a couple of songs for the Broadway, I don't know if it was a hit, um, but the musical King Kong. The show itself was written by Scott Brown and Anthony King, who are childhood friends, and they're both writers themselves. Like, they've both got a bunch of, like, stuff behind them. Beetlejuice first started off in 2018 in Washington, D.C. They did a few shows there, and then they moved to Broadway in 2019. Mm-hmm. Like with most shows this year, it closed down um, due to COVID. However, it was actually going to close down anyway in the theatre that it was in, but like later on in the year in June, but they were hoping to move to another theatre. So that's just put things up in the air even more, like whether it will even come back after all this. Yeah. Why were they moving theatres? Either they're not making enough money so they move them to a smaller theatre or another show is going to come and move into the theatre. Ah, okay. So there's only three highlighted songs on there, but, you know, storyline, schmory line. It's the songs that have got to hook you to, and these are some good-ass songs. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good line. So we start off at the funeral of Emily Dietz. So that is Lydia's mum. And Charles's wife. Yep. Lydia sings her pain through the opening song, Invisible. 
And then we go into the whole being dead thing song. So that's sung by Beetlejuice and he breaks the fourth wall straight from the start and is just talking to the crowd and straight up saying this will be a show about death and it sets a tone as the musical has dark themes which is kind of obvious with starting with a funeral. You know, it's not like Lion King. You know, that eases into the death, you know. I mean, that still happens pretty early on and suddenly and very sadly. Yeah. (laughs) But there's no song to give you a warning about it. No, that's true. In Beetlejuice the movie, even though the whole movie is named after him, he's actually like only on screen for under 15 minutes and it's a 90-minute movie. So... In the musical, he's like definitely appearing longer than that. Yep. So he is a bio exorcist demon. He gets rid of humans, being bio, biology, I think. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, invisible to most living people and he can be visible to all people as long as someone says his name three times, but it has to be a living person. And he has an idea on how to get this done. And he introduces us to the Maitlands and he's excited because they're about to die. So they're going to be his new friends. So spoiler alert straight from the start. (laughs) So that's Adam and Barbara Maitland. Yep. So they sing the song Ready, Set, Not Yet because they're like saying that they really want to start a family. But this song, they just keep coming up with like excuses as to why they can't start a family or shouldn't start a family like look at this cot it's nowhere near finished it needs more sanding so they're obviously not emotionally ready to have one yeah then while they're singing this song getting all like kind of excited about a kid kind of scared they both just happen to fall through the floorboards of their house oh no and then this is how they die oh no they never saw it coming no (laughs) beetlejuice did he was watching the whole time just waiting for it so what does Beetlejuice do after someone dies? Um, so he can talk to them. Oh, okay. But when someone dies, they're given um, a handbook for the recently deceased. So to teach them the ways of what you should do and like what powers you have once you die. But because Beetlejuice is trying to get a human to say his name, a living human, say his name three times, he actually throws that handbook away so that they don't have it. So their only guide is him. Oh, okay. So he just burns that book um, and the Maitlands come up from the floor and like, whoa, that could have been really dangerous. And they like hug each other because they're happy they didn't hurt themselves. And they're like, whoa, you're really cold. And then they like look down and notice that their bodies are still in the basement and they're like, oh, man, we're dead. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Beetlejuice introduces himself and he sings part two of the whole being dead thing where he's telling them he'll be their guide to the other side straight from the song. And he's like, good news, guys. You died in your own house so you can stick around here together. He explains that he's a bioexorcist and he's hoping that they're going to hire him to teach them how to scare people. And they're like, huh, why would we want to scare people? They're like, so you can get rid of the people who just bought your house. And the people who bought their house are the Dietzes. So Lydia from the start. What? Ah. Who would have thought she would have come back into the story? (laughs) Yeah, who would have thought? (laughs) (laughs) In the movie, she's played by Winona Ryder, if you want to be imagining someone. Oh, yeah, Lydia. Yeah. Yeah, I do kind of remember that. 
while the Dietzes are like moving stuff in, the Maitlands realize that they can't be noticed. And Beetlejuice says that's because the living ignore the dead, unless like they are also strange and unusual. Like that's what it says in the handbook. Yeah. And once they realize that all their stuff that was left in the house is going to get thrown out, they're like, all right, Beetlejuice, we do need your help. So they accept his help to learn how to scare people. And then we mm-hmm. see Charles and Delia come into the new house. So Charles hired Delia to be a life coach of Lydia because she was really sad about her mum dying. But he also is banging Delia as well. Oh. Which happened after he hired her. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's the timeline there. (laughs) So Charles bought the house because he actually wants to build a gated community and that house will be the flagship model home for it all. Those two are together, but they're keeping it a secret from Lydia because it's still kind of soon since his wife passed away. Yep. We see Lydia who's like full on goth and like is in permanent mourning of her mother. So I think, yeah, when you imagine Winona Ryder. So Charles is like, hey, Lydia, this is where we'll be living. She goes, no, like I would want to live in our other house that has the memory of our dead mum. And then Charles gets uncomfortable because he doesn't really like talking about it and just like kind of ignores Lydia that she even said that. He goes, Lydia, we're going to be looking forward. You know, we're going to have a great new life here. And um, he's saying he has an important business meeting, so where he's going to try and get the investors to check out this house so they can invest into the gated community. Yeah. So Delia does try to bond with Lydia, and Lydia is just being all weird. That's Delia's words, not mine. And we have Lydia sing the song Dead Mum. Yep. Which is about, obviously, her dead mum. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and about her dad like ignoring what happened and that she's gonna make her dad acknowledge the mum. So we then see Beetlejuice teaching the Maitlands how to be scary. They're like up in like the attic of the house because that's where they've been confined to now that everyone's moved in. Yep. So he's like <laughs> you gotta scare them if you want them out of your house. And they're like, well can't you just do it? And he goes, trust me, I would love to kill all those people down there. Adam goes, what? kill people and he goes oh Adam no 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 anyway I can't affect the world of the living but you guys can so that's because he's a demon and not a ghost oh so he sings the song fright of their lives where he's trying to teach them to be scary and they're like being really bad at it because they come up with ideas like maybe we should hide their phones that will scare them or we should turn all the lights on And then Beetlejuice is like, yeah, okay, those are some ideas. How about you also have them say this three times and it's just a piece of paper that says his name on it. Yeah. And they're like, "Uh, we've already like said this. And he goes, no, we need a living person, dummies. (laughs) And then he goes, you know what, like you guys actually suck. Like he thinks they're just too dumb. He goes, I'm not going to work with you guys anymore. So he breaks up with them. Oh, no. So they're like, well, we don't need him. Let's do it ourselves. So we have the reprise of Ready, Set, where they're ready to try and scare the Dietzes themselves. So what they do is they put sheets over themselves and cut eye holes in them, the classic like Halloween costume. Oh, classic. So we then see Delia and Lydia. Delia is trying to be a good life coach, but it's hard when Lydia is just obsessed with like just being negative about things and dark and depressing, which to be fair, lost her mum like – She can still be sad, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, she's 14. Like, she's about to, I mean, she doesn't even know what's coming for her yet, really. 
Yeah. <laughs> she she thinks I'm losing her yeah. mum's heart. Yeah. <laughs> try puberty. <laughs> Seriously, though. Delia tries to lighten things up for Lydia and sings the song No Reason, where Delia is like, you know, things happen for a reason. And Lydia joins in and goes, no, bad things happen all the time and there is no reason for it. And it kind of like brings Delia's mood down as well. She's like, yeah, like she's right, but I'm going to try and lift her up still. Yeah. And then Lydia sees the Maitlands walking around in their sheets, <laughs> just follows them up to the attic. And they're like still wearing them. And they're like, why aren't you scared of us? And she goes, like, you're wearing sheets. Like, why would I be scared of you? <laughs> They take their sheets off and then she's like, well, and like now you even just look like normal humans. Like, are you guys trying to be scary? And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, you can just see us. And then they realize, oh, yeah, because someone who's strange and unusual can normally see the dead. And she's so strange and unusual. They're like, well, you know, Lydia, nice to meet you. She goes in like, yeah, my mom's dead. I don't want to be here. They're like, oh, sad story. Anyway, while we've got you here, do you mind leaving so we can have the house to ourselves? <laughs> She's like, uh, I wish, like, I don't want to be here either. And then they come up with an idea that if they get Charles to think that the house is haunted, he'll want to leave. Yep. That seems like a pretty plausible reason to leave a house. So we see Delia and Charles in their bedroom. They've just been making sweet, sweet love. <laughs> and... That's not shown, <laughs> but it's obviously post-coital, <laughs> post-banging, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In normal romantic sense, Charles decides to propose to Delia. Then she says yes. We hear Lydia scream and Delia's like, oh, quick, shit, I've got to hide. So she hides like under the doona or um, blanket for my American listeners. <laughs> they wouldn't know what a doona is. <laughs> so Lydia like runs into the room. It's like, OMG, Dad, the house is haunted. And the Maitlands are like coming in, like trying to be scary, but like the dad can't see them at all. And Lydia's like, can't you see them? Oh, they're terrifying. <laughs> and then like as she's like trying to prove how scared she is, she accidentally pulls, well, she purposely pulls off like the blanket and then sees Delia in there. Oh, no. So the dad's like, well, since I've got you here, Lydia, we're actually engaged, which also news to Lydia since she had no idea they were even dating. Yeah, devastating. And then the dad's like, you know, this will be good for you, Lydia. You know, you're like, you need a mum. And Lydia's like, um, I have a mother. And then she goes, well, if this house is haunted with ghosts, maybe our old house has my mum at that one. Mm, I mean, she's pretty smart. She also says she wishes she was dead. That's also her last words with the dad oh yeah and she like storms out you know your normal goth kind of things that you say yeah classic emo phase we then go to the roof of the house beetlejuice is up there singing the reprise of invisible he's being sad about how no one can see him lydia also goes up there she's writing her suicide note where she's also saying how she feels invisible and then bj is what i call beetlejuice (laughs) He's like, yeah, welcome to the club. And then Lydia's like, what the fuck? Like, who are you? And he goes, wait, you can see me? And he's like, well, what are you doing here? She goes, I'm going to jump. Like, I'm going to prove to my dad, like, like, as it's some kind of petty thing to her dad, that she's going to kill herself. Oh, my gosh. 
It's a bit dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> very dramatic. And he's like, no, because he's like, this is a chance to get a living person to say his name. So obviously that's the only reason he doesn't want to die. Other than that, BJ loves, loves death. Yeah. He's like, I hate my mum. I totally get it with you hating your dad. You know, that's something that we can bond over. But I also know another way to help you. I can make his life a literal hell. All you have to do is just say my name. And then that's where we have the song, Say My Name. Not to be confused with Say My Name by Destiny's Child. No, no, no. Completely (laughs) different. One slaps a lot harder than the other. And that's the DC one. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say surely it's not the Beetlejuice one. (laughs) No offence to Beetlejuice. No offence to Eddie Perfect. That's who you're insulting. No, that's okay. I'd rather be complimenting Beyonce. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Eddie. When he's doing the song, she's like, he has to like act out like what his name is and she eventually gets it and she's like, all right, cool. Thanks for letting me know. Thanks for your offer. I'll think about it. And then he's like, no, no, like he's really like trying to get her on board. And then she goes, well, I'll have to see some credentials, like to see what he's all about. As this happens, the Maitlands come up and like, Lydia, get away from him. Like he's a horrible man. And then BJ does a little possession thing of them and makes them sing and dance. She goes like, whoa, how did you do that? And he goes, that's basic possession. Like anyone can do that. And she's like, all right, cool. Well, thanks, Beetlejuice, and pushes him off the roof. They're like, uh, Lydia, what are you doing? Lydia's like, well, if anyone can possess people, that means you guys can do it. I don't need him. So they're going to have to learn how to possess people and ruin her dad's business dinner. Oh. We see the dinner party and Lydia is dressing up as the perfect daughter. She's even wearing a yellow dress that Delia picked out for her. And Amy's going, hey, father. Oh, I'm so happy to see you, probably. (laughs) Not British accent, though. (laughs) And so she asks Delia to do a toast for everyone. And as Delia starts to do this toast, she breaks out into the song Deo, which is a scene also from the movie where everyone starts, like, breaking into the song. And you see, like, on the stairs, it's like the Maitlands, like, moving their hands, like they're moving, like, puppets or something. Yeah. So that's their version of the possession (laughs) is making everyone break out into song. Oh, wow. That's some scary stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And Lydia's like, see, the ghosts are mad. They want you out of here. And the investors are like, Charles, okay, let's be real. We weren't going to invest in your stupid gator community. But a haunted house, that's fucking great. We're happy to do a deal with you. And Charles is like happy and Lydia's like, oh, god damn it, I can't live here anymore. So she's had enough and she decides to summon Beetlejuice. So she says his name three times and he's so excited. So now everyone in the room can see him. So for those who don't know what Beetlejuice looks like, he's wearing a black and white striped. The stripes go vertical. Yep. Suit. And he has like crazy hair. It's a bit green onto it and it's like dark around like the eyes. So scary if you just saw that appear in like your dining room. Completely understandable. Yep, definitely. So he goes a bit more crazy than the Maitlands did. He physically moving people around and like pushing them into like different rooms and things like that. And so they all run out of the house, actually scared now. 
And then we have Lydia and Beetlejuice who are like, this is our house now. And that's the end of Act 1. Yep. Thoughts on it so far? What about like the couple of songs I've played? Well, it's definitely not at all what I remember. So it's uh, yeah. it's good to get a little uh, refresher. <laughs> Maybe I'll go and watch the movie now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I liked the Dead Mum song. That was good. Yeah. I did, I did like that. And obviously they're taking like a modern take on on it in the musical. Yeah. Yeah. Because they say phones. Yeah. All right. Let's go into act two. We start with a Girl Scout who is going door to door to sell cookies and she sings the song Girl Scout. Ah. (laughs) And here she explains that it's the first time her parents let her out of the house because she has a defective heart where even the slightest little shock can stop her heart and kill her. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) She knocks on the door and Lydia answers. Lydia invites her in. And she goes, oh, you know, we're not normally allowed to do this. Lydia's like, why? And then the Girl Scout like looks to the crowd and goes, pedophiles. And it's meant to be like a laughing thing for like the whole crowd. (laughs) And then she goes like, but then again, you're a gothy teen, so it's probably fine. (laughs) Yeah. That's a bit uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. So she like goes into the house and Lydia's like, yeah, just wait here while I get some cash for your cookies. And it's all like really dark. And then Beetlejuice obviously takes this opportunity to just keep scaring her. She's like running around like this house screaming. And we have the song That Beautiful Sound where the sound is screaming that they like. So that's like their buddy song. Yeah. They're bonding over, scaring people. So anyone who comes to the house, it's not just her, like, They'll order pizza or a parcel. Some guy was just doing a census and they just decided to scare them for no reason. I mean, honestly, if you census deserves to be scared. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they're just two besties going around scaring everyone. And Beetlejuice is like, hey, since you hang out with the dead now, you might as well act like us. So you've got to follow the rules. So, for example, don't go outside because if you go outside, you go into like this crazy off land where there's like a giant sandworm that eats ghost and Beetlejuice whispers to the crowd and goes foreshadowing (laughs) (laughs) and she's like well okay even though if Lydia goes outside she would not get eaten by a sandworm because she is still living but he gives her the handbook for the recently deceased which she can't even open or read because she's alive and then she's like wait a second if, like, there's a place for the recently deceased to go, that means my mum will probably be there. And Beetlejuice is like, yeah, of course she'll be in the netherworld, but who'd want to spend more time with their mum? <laughs> <laughs> Lydia's, like, uh, like runs up to the Maitlands because she wants them to open the handbook so they can read the passage so she can get to the netherworld to try and meet her mum. And then Beetlejuice is sad because he's been left alone again. Oh, no. Yeah, and he goes, oh, man, if I could leave the house, I could meet more people like me. And then he comes up with an idea that he will get married to Lydia, the 14-year-old. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, but he explains it's strictly like a green card thing, you know, just business. (laughs) Because if he marries a human, he himself will come alive and then he'll be allowed to leave the house without the threat of a sandworm. 
Oh, okay. Nothing creepy there with the 14-year-old and the bioexorcist demon getting married. Who knows how old he is? (laughs) So we see Lydia visit the Maitlands in the attic and they've been trying to come up with ideas to like get rid of Beetlejuice while they're up there. And everything they're coming up with, they're like, no, he'll just love that because they want to like cut his head off and things like that. They're like, he'll find this funny and they just can't come up with anything. Yep. They read the book for Lydia and that's when they're reading all the stuff that you should have read as soon as you die. So it says the first thing you should do is visit the netherworld because in the netherworld they've actually got a system. So it's like a whole bureaucracy down there. You've got to go to fill out certain forms. You've got to go see this person and do that thing. And so they read the book and it tells them like how to do it. So you like create a door just in the wall. And then Adam does this and Barbara's like, no, I don't know. We can't do this. It's too dangerous. And Lydia's like, oh, you guys suck. You're scared of everything and leaves them. And Barbara's like, maybe she's right and sings Barbara 2.0 where she's deciding she's going to be more adventurous. And Adam's like, yeah, you're totally right. Let's be less scared since now we're ghost and already dead and you know (laughs) what else to be scared about except for the sandworm obviously (laughs) so we see delia and charles they've come into their house like snuck in to try and save lydia and charles is like all right like where's that exorcist we called and then delia is like okay so i cancelled the exorcist called in my guru who's gonna come and help us all he brought was a box that he believes can trap souls which i don't even think beetlejuice would have a soul no you wouldn't think so as a demon and lydia sees them she's like "Ugh, why won't they leave me alone and bj's like yeah they suck do you want um help with that passage by the way to try and like see your mum?" and she goes like yeah obviously but the maitlands closed the book so i can't open it again And then BJ's like, oh, well, let me just do that. Opens it onto a certain page. He goes, oh, yeah, just read this passage. As Charles, Delia, and Ortho come in, she, like, reveals herself to them and starts saying the passage that Beetlejuice pointed out. And instead of actually bringing her mum back into the world, it actually just starts exercising Barbara because an exorcism is death for the dead. Oh. She's like... No, Beetlejuice, like, I can't believe you made me do this. Like, what do you want? What can we do to stop this? And Beetlejuice is like, I just want you to marry me. Charles is like, what? And then Beetlejuice goes, it's a green card thing. Charles, like, ugh. Like, I just want to marry your daughter. Let it happen. (laughs) Beetlejuice makes a door to the netherworld and he wants to send the Maitlands there. And Lydia goes, well, catch you later, BJ. I'm going after them as well. So she jumps through the door. Charles follows her. And Beetlejuice is like, why does everyone keep leaving me? He just has come to the decision. He's just going to kill everyone instead. Oh. Like, that's it. That's the, re- that's the resolution. <laughs> yeah. We're in the netherworld. And we're greeted by Miss Argentina, who is actually always played by the actress who also plays Delia in the show. And she's like all green and all blue because she's dead. And that's how you know that someone's dead, you know, different color, even though the Maitlands are not different colors. So I don't know actually (laughs) why she is blue. (laughs) Maybe because she's in the netherworld. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) She sings a song, What I Know Now. So she finds out that the Dietzes are alive and she goes like, what are you doing here? Like if I knew 
what I knew now, if I was alive, I definitely would not rather be dead. Because in the movie, Miss Argentina actually killed herself, but I'm not sure if that's really said in the musical. Yeah. It's like an uplifting song, like, hey, I wish I could still be alive and appreciate life more. So what a happy anti-suicidal song after Lydia tried to kill herself earlier. Yeah, that's good. So um, this includes other people from the netherworld in like this musical number. It includes that character with the shrunken head that's in the movie. Might be familiar to some people who are fans. So we meet Juno. So I've got her in the character sheet as the director of Netherworld Customs and Processing, a.k.a. I just say she's like the boss of the Netherworld and deals with all the newbies. Her job is trying to make it easier for those who have died to transition into the afterlife and like things that they can and can't do. And then she kind of realises that Lydia and Charles are actually alive and they should not be in the Netherworld. So she tries to like capture them and they like run away because Lydia's just trying to find her mum. So she's just running wherever she can. And Charles is just trying to find Lydia. So she starts singing the song Home. So she's feeling defeated. She's realizing that she can search forever, but may still not find her mum. And now that she's gone, she doesn't know which way home is. Oh, sad. And then Charles finds her and he's like, come on, let's go home, you and me. And then that's when they finally have their talk that they needed where they talk about each other's grief with the mom, where Charles is like, Lydia, like, I know you lost a mom, but you also got to know I lost a wife. Like, (laughs) I'm also going through just as much pain as you are, but I'm trying to make our life happier. And then he even says her name, which... You love the name Emily, of course, because that's your name. (laughs) (laughs) Lydia and him share their moment. Lydia's just scared that if they don't talk about her mum, that she's going to forget her. And the dad's like, I promise we can talk about her. So they're all happy and they're like, let's go back home. And then Charles is like, okay, but you know, like Beetlejuice is still there. (laughs) Like, Like, sure, we've resolved one thing, but there's still another thing that we've got going on right now, Lydia. And she kind of feels bad for him because he's so lonely and then that gives her an idea. So we cut to see what Beetlejuice is doing and he's playing a game show where he's seeing how he's going to kill the Maitlands, Delia, Delia's guru. He's got like a 70s game show like microphone, you know, just walking around with one of those. Yep. <laughs> wow, it's like really long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In comes Lydia and Charles. They're like, we're here for the wedding. So Lydia's wearing like a red wedding dress and Charles is like in like full on tuxedo. And Beetlejuice is like, okay, nope, I'm not buying this at all. And turns his microphone into like a spear and gets like ready to like kill them. Oh no. (laughs) And the Maitland's (laughs) like jump in. They're like, no, no, no. Actually, Beetlejuice, there's something we've been meaning to tell you. We're in love with you. this is like a distraction so they get like the microphone like out of his hand and like gets it away and Beetlejuice is like okay well this I understand like this is believable them being in love with me and then we have the song creepy old guy where Lydia is singing it and she's saying growing up like I would hate creepy old guys but now I love them and want to marry one myself (laughs) 
So as she's like singing this song, Beetlejuice is like, all right, yeah, yeah, she's she wants to marry me. Like now she really likes creepy old guys. It's like their um, little montage of getting ready for like their little wedding. He has like his own little suit on and they get married and we have like the whole bridal party. It's like the Maitlands. It's so cute. Since they're married, BJ actually comes alive. So he like starts experiencing like, oh, what's that noise? Are those birds? Oh, what's that smell? Is that me? And then he's like appreciating what comes with being alive lydia decides to stab and kill him oh yeah (laughs) so that was the plan she had earlier oh okay yep (laughs) yeah so this now makes him recently deceased and then we are visited by juno and this is where it is revealed that juno is actually beetlejuice's mum. the reason juno's there is not because beetlejuice died it is because Lydia escaped the netherworld and you're not allowed to leave once you're there. So she's there to take her back. And then Beetlejuice is like, Mom, you can't do this. Like, I now know what it feels like to be alive. You can't take it away from her. And he's like having his like big moment. And then Juno's like, oh, you're right. And like pretends to go along with it. And then she pushes him out of the house. So now he's outside. Yep. And she's like, all right, Lydia, come here. And Lydia goes, no, like, I don't want to die anymore. Like, I like my life now. And then Juno's like, cool. Like, that's got nothing to do with why I'm here. Like, I'm, I still have to take you away. And goes to grab Lydia. But as she grabs her, in comes Beetlejuice riding the sandworm. And the sandworm eats Juno. And Beetlejuice has saved the day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> it's like a really nice moment. Goes, hey, look, Lydia, now we both have dead mums. <laughs> <laughs> he decides to say his goodbyes to everyone. And this is like, he's like redeemed himself now. And he's like, look, I did this one good thing. Now you all can forgive me for everything I've done. So I'm off to the netherworld. Bye. So <laughs> the Maitlands are all happy to share the house now with the Dietzes. And Lydia goes, Delia, I accept you now. And that's like the happy ending. And we have the song Jump in the Line where everyone's singing, dancing and fixing up the house from all the crazy stuff that's happened. That's- but it's not a big showstopper like a lot of musicals. Yeah. I mean, that's just a normal song, isn't it, that one? Yeah. Yeah, because that's how they ended it in the movie. So oh. I feel like they're like, oh, this is in the movie, so we've got to kind of put that in. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that's... The end. The end. Well done. Can you hear the clapping? Thoughts on the musical? Yeah, I think it's good. I definitely did not remember it at all. So that was like completely new to me. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I think I'd I'd watch it again. Would you add some of the songs to your current Spotify playlist? So that will be like on your normal rotation. Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> I mean I did have a regular road actually that was another musical that I liked The Greatest Showman oh that was good that, I did like that yeah I did play that album on Spotify many times but I, I mean I feel like mu- musical songs aren't usually my 
my go-to. So the difference with the movies, so in the movie, Beetlejuice and Lydia never become best friends like they do um, in the musical. Uh, Delia and Charles are already married. The Maitlands do get the handbook and they have it the whole time. They just don't really understand it. Beetlejuice was actually Juno's former assistant, was never actually the son, and he got fired. So people alive can read the handbook, which leads to the guru um, actually reading the passage that starts exercising Barb. Not intentional. He didn't, like, mean to do it on purpose. And then that's when Lydia asks for help. Like, that's the only time she asks for Beetlejuice's help is when that's happening. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is towards the end of the movie. So it's, like, quite different then. Kind of? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the wedding gets stopped because Barbara is pushed outside by Beetlejuice because she keeps trying to say his name three times because if a ghost says his name three times, then that sends him back as well. And then Barbara's the one who comes in with the sandworm that eats Beetlejuice. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like completely like same story but like different. Different. Yeah. Still, like, so different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beetlejuice does not get redeemed. No. Do you know why they decided to do it so differently? No, I have no idea. But I know that this isn't actually that popular amongst the theatre community. Yeah. Some people actually just didn't like it. Yeah. Like, with the Deo song and, like, the song at the end, they're, like, they just have to only put those songs in just because it's in the movie. Like, yeah, they didn't need to be there kind of thing especially since they've changed so much of the actual (laughs) original story yeah it's a bit of a like the parts about like the jokes about um like what are they joking about i have a dead mum too oh no (laughs) pedophiles yeah like all those sorts of jokes like i don't know i think if i went and saw a musical like that i'd be like oh that's a bit like not really something i would joke about yeah do you know what I mean? Like there's so many other things you could joke about. That's probably not one to joke about. <laughs> yeah. Like with that scene, that's like the part they showed like in a clip package of like what I saw. They're like pedophiles and I'm like, whoa, okay. I thought this was like a kid's Yeah, that's what like, I was thinking. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I would think that too, that your kids would like go and see it. But Yeah, that definitely probably don't take kids. No, <laughs> to definitely see not. Thanks for joining me, Em. I hope you had a good time. Yep, I did. Uh, Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for new episodes that come out on Tuesdays to keep up to date with what future episodes are going to be. And the poster reveals that you all tell me that you wait for and even some theatre memes. Give the show a follow on Instagram and Twitter. The handle for both of them is Drink Show Pod. Catch you all next Tuesday. Thanks, guys.